Okay, why pigs, though? I gotta know why pigs. I know John, at one point, he's like, oh, pigs are really empathetic creatures. They understand people's suffering or some shit. But then, like, he repeatedly has dead pigs in his traps and things. So is it, like, a metaphor for, like, destroying empathy towards these victims? Is that anything? Don't they have a meeting in the Zodiac or something? Is Can we find something in our stack of, like, Wikipedia pages? Hang on. Okay, Chinese Zodiac. Man, I can't believe that's in here. First of all, it's the last animal in the Zodiac. Is that anything? <laughs> the pig was the last to arrive when the Jade Emperor called for the Great Meeting. The pig is lazy. The pig stopped for a feast and promptly fell asleep. God, me. He's too slow. <laughs> He's too slow of a swimmer. Damn, they're really fucking tearing into this pig. <laughs> Going in on this pig. Is that anything? He might have just gone the pig route because aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, I can't deny it's a cool look. It's pretty fucking cool. Ah, uh, John, you beautiful bastard. You've died again. And welcome to We See Saw, a Saw rewatch podcast where we see Saw. I'm Claudia. And I'm Nicole. And today we are talking about Saw 4, 2007, directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman once again, and with a screenplay by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, with additional story help from Thomas Fenton. It's actually Thomas Fenton's only Saw credit, which is odd to me. He's not even credited as a writer. He's credited as story. So I guess he helped out the other two enough with the story that he earned that credit. Huh. Interesting. What'd you think of Saw 4, Nicole? Saw 4. What a doozy. <laughs> mm -hmm. This was a doozy of a movie, but I really liked it. <laughs> Saw 4 fucking owns. Yeah. I love Saw 4. <laughs> this is my favorite sequel in memory you know, mm -hmm. from, from my first initial watch series. And after watching Saws 2 and 3 and being like, oh, my opinions on these kind of changed. I mm -hmm. was like, God, I still hope I like Saw 4. <laughs> but Saw 4 still goes hard. I watched this ages ago and I was able to remember most of what happened. Mm -hmm. Though I struggled this time around with the same thing I struggled with the first time around. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so re-watching this, it's like, okay, I remember this much and this much and this much. But it was like such a doozy that the first rewatch this time around, I had I couldn't like properly register everything. And that's also probably because I was tired, but I was like, this deserves like more of my attention. So I was able to re-rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. And like it just hits so much better now that I was actually able to like focus on it. Cause like, goddamn. Yeah. It's a dense movie. 
And yes. that's kind of one of the things I really enjoy about it. It's mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to that thriller kind of thing, like the psychological yeah. or like the drama kind of thing, mm-hmm. because half of this movie is the traps, but the traps are like deeply tied into the story. Yeah. Unlike with three and really with two. Mm-hmm. And then they like, they weave the like detective drama throughout it. And it's so interesting. The pacing of it was so good because like the entire time I was just like so invested in what was going on, you know, hands gripping the armrest. So Nicole, after saying that, what do you think this film has on Rotten Tomatoes? Give me a percentage. I'm afraid. I feel like people are going to be stupid and not like the plot and everything as much as one should. I'm going to say it's going to get like a 68 or something. It has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, allow me to read some quotes from the biggest Philistines of our times. Oh my god. The site's critic consensus reads, Saw 4 is more disturbing than compelling with material already seen in prior installments. Also on Metacritic, this has a 36 out of 100. Scott Schuler, writing for Chicago Tribune, called it a film as edgy as a rubber knife and said that if the terrible craft of Bozeman's film doesn't turn your stomach, the borderline pornographic violence will. It's disconcerting to imagine anyone enjoying the vile filth splashing on screen. Frank Sheck from The Hollywood Reporter says, The famously inventive torture sequences here seem depleted of imagination. It hasn't yet jumped the shark like such predecessors as The Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th movies eventually did. Peter Hartlaub of San Francisco Chronicle said, The Syriana of slasher films, so complicated and circuitous that your only hope of understanding everything is to eat lots of fish the night before and then watch each of the previous films in order right before you enter the theater. And James Berardellini says, Saw 4 functions as a drawn-out, tedious epilogue to a series that began with an energetic bang three years ago with Saw, then progressively lost momentum, coherence, and intelligence with each successive annual installment. Now, these people are tripping. I'm not normally the person to be like, the critics don't know what they're talking about. But these critics don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Absolutely. Like somebody, the first one, I think, calling it like, what did it say about being edgy? As edgy as a rubber knife. This movie, I wasn't trying to be edgy. I wasn't getting edgelord cringe from this. No, there are other Saw movies and Saw bits that are completely edgelord. But this one is like kind of grounded. As a series has, you know, gone on, like we've we're definitely getting more gore. And mm-hmm. like is in this one, especially so far, but it didn't seem like it was trying to be edgy. Like that's that's cringy. Like I, you could tell when something's trying to be edgy. Yeah. And this this isn't it. Exactly. Like, I feel like when critics go into the fourth installment of a horror series, I feel when a lot of people go into the fourth installment of a horror series, they have low expectations and they're biased towards not liking it already. Yeah. Because like, not only is it a horror movie, which like, I feel a lot of critics just don't like in general. I mean, there's a reason it's not like recognized during Academy Awards and stuff. Yeah. Like, what was the last horror film nominated for an Oscar? Let me see. I'm going to say Silence of the Lambs 1992. Oh. 
the only six horror movies nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. The Exorcist, Jaws, The Silence of the Lambs, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense is not a horror film. Nah. Black Swan. Oh, Black Swan owns. And Get Out. Okay. So, like, the last one that was seriously in contention was 2017. That was Get Out. Yeah. And then before that, another seven years. And then before that, like, a decade. I'm looking up the other Best Picture nominees for 2017 to see what it was up against. I'm trying to think. What what the fuck even came out that year? Oh, you know what came out in 2017? What? Jigsaw. Best Picture winner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what won Best Picture? What? Shape of Water. Oh, okay. I can't be mad. De- deserved. <laughs> deserved. <laughs> yeah, I cannot be upset about that. I love Shape. That's like one of my comfort movies. I watch it <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Anyway, so I think critics are biased against horror films in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that it just makes them turn their brain off. Like, oh my god, there's violence happening on screen. Jesus Christ. Who could see this coming? I need to go watch my comfort art film, Saving Private Ryan, that contains no (laughs) violence whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a shame, honestly, because there are some truly great horror films out there. There are some truly great horror sequels, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go as far as to say that Saw 4 is better than Saw, only because I think that the original Saw is such a different beast. Yes. And this one, you kind of need the entire backstory. It becomes kind of hard to rank movies because they, like, add in complexity as they go on. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, there have been some horror sequels that I've watched before that I have considered far better than the original Final Destination 3, Bride of Chucky is fucking amazing, much better than Child's Play. And Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, blows the entire series out of the water. We should do a mini podcast of that because I have only ever watched the first one, maybe the second, maybe the third. I don't remember. You've watched the fourth one with me. We got pretty drunk and then uh, (laughs) walked down to a (laughs) convenience store at like four or five in the morning. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. I don't remember the movie. (laughs) I don't remember much of that one either, let me tell you. I think that's the one with the Xbox Xbox Connect. Oh my god, okay, I remember that. (laughs) Now that you say it. Uh, It's so funny. But yeah, I really fucking loved this movie. Yeah, this was great. I was thinking about how I was saying in the last movie that kind of kicks off the rest of the franchise. Mm-hmm. What a freaking like running start. This is like, holy yeah, crap. Exactly. Like it just takes off. It really does. Third movie was the starting gun. This is the running start. Yeah. Last time I watched through the series, I enjoyed probably like, I'll be generous and say I enjoyed four out of seven of those movies. Mm-hmm. This time I'm kind of batting a thousand. (laughs) Maybe my standards have gotten a lot lower over the years. But like, I actually kind of liked Saw 2 this time. I kind of loved Saw 3. And Saw 4 is amazing. Saw 1 obviously goes without saying. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering how I'm going to feel about Saw 5. Because I originally thought Saw 5 was mid. Mm -hmm. Saw 5 I think is the one that I remember. I can't remember if it was 5 or (laughs) 6. Yeah. But we'll see next time. So... Do you want to get into the summary? Yes. Okay. So we open up with an autopsy of John Kramer's dead ass body 
Yep. Which I was like, girl, the autopsy. I think that was my notes. Oh, girl, not the autopsy. And then at four minutes and nine seconds into the movie, we see our first saw. It is a plaster saw that is used to cut open his like chest cavity. I disagree. I think that two minutes and 53 seconds, we see a saw that cuts into his skull. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I missed that because I like looked, I saw the scalpel and then I think I looked away and then I was like, oh, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) I missed that one. So we we got it covered. Yeah, yours is is first. Like if you if you don't count that as a saw, there here's another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we see John's dick and balls in this in this movie. I missed that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. This autopsy gave me the ick way more than the brain surgery from the last movie. I think it's because they're like so callous with his yeah. corpse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they're like fuck this guy, like. Yeah. And they, they like peel back his scalp and just kind of like drop it over his face. And I was like, oh, oh, like, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, that was icky. So, you know, it's an autopsy. They're cutting open all his shit, taking a look. They open his stomach. And my note here says, girl, not the tape in the stomach. Didn't remember <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that John covered a tape in wax with, you know, it had a cassette holder as well so he covered that in wax and then swallowed it how do you swallow that john's throat game must be sick he's the throat goat (laughs) regular nancy reagan over here (laughs) (laughs) i also have to ask what was john's plan if jeff didn't kill him she would have to poop that out (laughs) Oh, God. That feels like that's going to cause way more problems. <laughs> it's like, oh, in addition to the cancer, now you have, like, <laughs> you're, now you have you're, to poop out a cassette. <laughs> your lower intestines just totally fucked. <laughs> uh, also, can we talk about the color grading on this scene in particular? Mm-hmm. Because the scene is like almost black and white, except for the extreme red. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool looking. I agree. I mean, like, okay, you know how um, Twilight, the first one at least, Mm -hmm. has this like iconic blue lighting that you can just like recognize it anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is my TV or something, but Saw has like this kind of greenish, yellowish lighting. This first year, I mean, like I was expecting it to be bright, obviously, because it's a, you know, they're examining the body. Everything needs to be fluorescence turned up to a million. Also, in contrast to the rest of the movie, it's like, oh, like this really stands out. It does. It's such a memorable opening, mm-hmm. even though this is the second movie in a row where we've not had an opening kill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I remember taking my notes. I usually the first note I have is some kind of kill and not this time around. I guess we do technically have an opening kill right after this. I guess. Let's talk about that trap, first of all. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it right now. The engine block battle, the worst trap in the entire series so far. (laughs) I'm counting drills. I'm counting fucking booby trap guns. I'm counting the oven. This sucks so bad. I don't even (laughs) get it. (laughs) What did I call it? Oh, just tug of war. Yeah, tug of war works. Yeah. And then you you go ahead and explain the trap and then we'll... (laughs) So the trap has two guys in it, right? Two guys, they're connected by like a huge thick chain that is running through 
an engine block. And I think around like some kind of gear in it too, because I feel like it starts pulling at one point. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of these guys has had his eyes sewn shut and another guy has had his mouth sewn shut. So they can't really communicate with each other. But the guy whose eyes are sewn shut, he has a key on like the back of his collar that the chain is attached to. And the mute guy sees this. And for some reason, okay, first of all, the blind guy just starts immediately assuming that the other guy in the room is like an attacker and starts fucking wailing at him. This guy fucking pissed me off so bad because it's like, okay, I understand you're freaking out. Your eyes have been sewn shut. But like, you don't hear that this man is also obviously in distress. Mm -hmm. Like, you really think the guy who kidnapped you and sewed your eyes shut is going to be like, <laughs> like no <laughs> that's what he wants you to think oh shit well <laughs> so he starts attacking our gentleman with the sewn mouth the chain starts like pulling them together the guy with the sewn mouth he grabs like this hook and he starts like going for the key on the back of the other guy's neck but for some reason instead of just grabbing it and detaching it which he does very easily afterwards he starts, like, fucking attacking him with the hook. Like, this guy is, like, physically turned away from him. And <laughs> just, just do it. Just, just grab it and get yourself out, you fucking asshole. What are you doing? Not only that, but the guy with the sewn mouth ends up escaping and then through sheer force of will, like, rips the stitches apart to scream. You couldn't have done that first. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have taken that hook and just, like, slit the stitches there was also like something else that was like sharp, I think, that I saw like fly somewhere. Yeah. And I was thinking you could use that to cut the stitches open. Yeah. And it's like, you know, obviously that would be, that would be the smart thing to do. But literally through sheer force of will, he just opens his mouth and rips his stitches. Yeah. Bro, you killed the guy. <laughs> also, I'm going to say it. You can speak a little with your lips sewn shut. Yes, I agree. I honestly used to communicate with my brother that way. I would have like my face in the not, my lips would be sewn shut. Um, <laughs> As usual, <laughs> my face would be like in my pillow and I would just be like, mm -hmm. <laughs> he'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should have taken a page out of your book, Nicole. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, also the guy with the sewn eyes, he dies. Yeah, R.I.P. He gets beat to death. Yep, for no reason. Just for no absolutely reason. no reason. So that was, yeah, this this one was stupid just because, listen, I would have figured it out. I would have survived. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, you and me attached to there, we're doing fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're just built different. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm weak of will, but I don't think that my first instinct would be to attack someone. If anything, my first instinct would be to give up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we didn't talk about what was on the tape, by the way. Oh, well, because it kind of like... Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about it at the end. So, then we go into a SWAT raid on another Jigsaw location. Listen, <laughs> I am deeply against the police state. I'm deeply against fascism and things. I'm, I'm a punk at heart. I also gotta say, in this fictional universe... I would start asking the mayor to give me no-knock warrants to just bust down every single door in this city. Of, like, every single abandoned building. Every single abandoned building. Like, 
he has so many locations now. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, these are very, these are simple traps. Yeah. You know, it's like Mans is going to need like space. So look for yeah. <laughs> like a decently Huge sized. abandoned buildings. Yeah. <laughs> These are these are like warehouses. Yeah. <laughs> Factories. Also, I'm going to steal one last joke from that cracked guy that I mentioned in the last <laughs> video because it was all I could think about while watching the opening battle. He's like, this appears to be the only saw trap that takes place in an abandoned Italian villa. Ooh. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> because it really, it really does look like... Hang on. I'll, does that not look like... Oh, it's so fancy, like this fucking Ooh. chandelier and the huge, like circular window. It's There's beautiful. just a waiter in the corner, like watching this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, I'll let you decide. <laughs> OK. Oh, it's a mausoleum. Yeah. OK, that, that also <laughs> makes sense. According to the wiki, I wouldn't have guessed, honestly. It's so fancy. <laughs> yeah. OK, so cut to. Yes, another jigsaw crime scene. Kudos to them for learning their lesson. So now they're using <laughs> the little like, robot to scope out the area first. <laughs> Can I talk about one thing I noticed with the robot? Yes. The robot is specifically branded as an iRobot robot. Oh. iRobot makes the Roomba. Oh, they used a Roomba. <laughs> they used some kind of modified Roomba. A Roomba with this a GoPro room. on it and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Good for them. They, they they learned their lesson after how many of them got stuck in a cage. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, what, like four or five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Took out several SWAT team members in one go. Yep. And so, you know, on the receiving end of the gopros feed they see carrie from what was it the beginning of last movie yeah yeah who had her ribs yanked out of her body and so officer rig who is the same swat team officer from the second and third movies who has been watching all of this since movie two mm. runs in like you had to get the robocop for a reason you know yeah and he's just like, fuck it, caution to the wind, and then runs into this crime scene. And so even one of the detectives is just like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, specifically Mark Hoffman. He is a lieutenant, I think. He mm -hmm. is uh, very high up. And he has started like taking over the jigsaw case, it seems. We actually did see him in the last movie. Very briefly. Mm -hmm. So... I guess I'll just mention it now. So something that I struggled with the first time I watched it and every time thereafter is that Can Hoffman I... and... Wait, what's that? Hoffman and Strom look exactly the same. Yes! I'm like, this is yes. the same man! Exactly. He the shit out of me. The way that I told them apart this time is that Strom is always wearing a suit because he's FBI. Okay. But literally the first time I watched this, I thought that those two were the same man until yeah. literally the end of the movie. I don't know how I thought that, considering there are many times where they talk to each other. But like, he was talking into his mirror or something. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, that's the same man. It really is. They look like nothing alike now, but back then they looked very similar. I think it's because they're both kind of growly white dudes. Yeah, growly white dudes, and then the lighting, you know, is mm -hmm. in such a way that, you know, you can't really see their individual features pop. 
And so that's why when I was doing my rewatch and I wasn't able to like fully tune in, it just completely. Yeah. Uh, and that's why. And during this re rewatch I did earlier today, I was able to like focus on it more. And so it, I was able to follow along better than I have in the past. But damn it, if it still didn't confuse me. <laughs> yeah, I like both of these actors generally. They should have cast somebody different for at least one of them. At least make one of them like a blonde or something. Like, give, yeah. me, give me something. <laughs> Please give Mark frosted tips. It's the only <laughs> thing that I want in life. <laughs> give me the frosted tips edit. <laughs> but other than that, I was, you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to talk about Rig for a little bit here. Because Rig is like the star of our movie. Rig's actor fucking kills it. I'm oh my looking God, up his yeah. name real quick here. For some reason in the Wikipedia article, he doesn't get like top billing or at least second billing under Tobin Bell. Yeah. He gets like fifth billing. Larique Bent deserves way more than fifth billing for carrying this movie on his back. Yeah, he was fantastic in this. He had a character. Yeah. I mean, we saw him in like the second and third movies. And so seeing him now and just like how much his character has, I don't even want to say like change because we didn't, I don't think we were able to see much of a change because it's been such a short period of time. But I don't know, like there was still like some development between the second movie and now. And yeah. like you just see him like go off the fucking rails. And it's like he does such a great job of showing that. Yeah, he's like kind of a broken man. Yeah. He plays the, the role of a broken man quite well. Yeah. Like in this moment where he's being lectured by Mark, being like, you don't go into an unsecured door like that. Rig is like, I thought she might have been alive and that we could save her. It's so sad. It's so sad. Also, I would like to point out now very briefly, there is a moment where we see a rat crawl out of Carrie's oh. chest cavity. Yeah, that's fucked up. Much like pigs in the last movie, and a little bit in this movie, rats are a motif in Saw 4. We're rats. We're rats. <laughs> I'm the giant rat who makes all the rules. <laughs> That's Mark. <laughs> oh, and then FBI comes onto the scene. Finally! Jesus yeah. Christ! I didn't even realize that when we mentioned that in the last one, the one before, it's kind of getting hard to tell. Mm-hmm. When we were like, why isn't the FBI involved? I didn't realize that they would get involved at some point. Yeah, I figured it was a matter of time, but it should have happened way before that point. This should have happened in Saw 1, to yeah, be honest. Exactly. <laughs> no, for real, though. <laughs> <laughs> they already were able to figure out it was a serial killer. And at that point, I feel like it's worth reaching. I don't know. I don't know how this shit works. I just work here. So FBI comes onto the scene. We get Agent Lindsay Perez and Agent Peter Strom, who looks exactly like Mark Hoffman. <laughs> Lindsay Perez, less so. Okay, real quick. So Agent Perez, I saw her face and I was like, she looks so familiar. So I looked her up. She's in Manifest, that like Lost-esque show that was uh -huh. canceled and then like brought back on Netflix, I think. And I was like, that's so weird that she's playing somebody named Perez. I don't think she's Latina. I looked it up and she is of Greek and Egyptian descent. Mm -hmm. So I was like, did they just find any kind of like remotely brown looking person? Yeah, that sounds them? right. White people won't tell the difference. I know I'm going to admit I kind of thought that she was Latina. 
Yeah, I mean, like, she pulls it off. It's, yeah. you know, very hard to tell. And, like, I mean, like, my brother has features that people often think are, like, Middle Eastern. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, nothing's real. But I, I was like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so FBI is on the scene, and they're investigating. And Agent Strom says that Amanda Young couldn't have been the person to put Carrie into this trap because Carrie weighs 130 pounds. Pretty reasonable. She looks it. I mean, she looks a little skinnier than that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense. Apparently, Amanda, at her arrest, weighed 107. I have to assume her arrest is like in the first movie, like when she was using heroin. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. So they're saying, like, she is too tiny to lift this woman who's heavier than her. Oh, she's she's too petite. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of have to ask, like, they don't think that she could have gained some weight and and bulk in, like, the year and a half it's been since then? Actually, depending on how it works, she could have found a way. I mean, like, the pulleys... Yeah, I mean, that's that's what Mark says. He's like, yeah, he initially he suggests John if Amanda didn't do it. And Agent Strom is like, nah, his brain's not brawn. That and also it's like, I mean, when they saw this man, he was on his like deathbed. Yeah. So how's this dying older man going to, (laughs) you know, hoist up this body? But I mean, he does make a good point about like pulleys and shit. He was an engineer. Yeah. He's, he's done all these traps. You don't think he could figure out how to, like, hoist up a body? Yeah. So basically, FBI theorizes that there is a third person involved. Oh. Which I think is a pretty flimsy theory right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. If that is the only thing you were going off of, you have zero evidence. You basically just have, like, a hunch. You have mm-hmm. the absence of evidence in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's a scene where... Detective Rig is looking through a bunch of, like, jigsaw-adjacent media, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote down the things that he was looking at because they fascinated me so much. Oh. He's looking at this book. John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, Is He the Murderer the Police Say He Is? by Tim Blake, who is the author of The Beasts We Know. I have to assume he's some kind of true crime serial killer author. Mm-hmm. He's like... Oh, the the madness of the sociopath. Oh. He also picks up a magazine, Modern Cultures magazine, who is doing an issue on 95 influential criminal masterminds with John on the cover. He's an influencer. Ooh. (laughs) Also, Eric Matthews is mentioned on the cover, but I couldn't read what it was saying about him. Hmm. So I don't know. Also, he picks up the Journal of Civil Engineering, which has John on the cover. I did see that, yeah. Yeah, I just thought these were really weird and interesting details. Like, somebody Mm -hmm. made these. Yeah. For, like, literally, like, a second, a half second of screen time. Like, I had to really, like, go and pause and look to Mm -hmm. see what they actually were. Yeah. But interesting. Yeah. Makes it more immersive. Like, people are talking about this outside of the police, outside of what we're seeing. Yeah. So... With Rig having been witness to everything, I mean, Eric's been gone for like six months. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, he just stumbled across Carrie's body that was being eaten by rats. 
Rig has been witness to all of this, and he's acting irrationally, as we saw by him just barging into the crime scene. And there's also one point where he asks for Carrie's body to be taken down, to be cut down. And it's like, you're not supposed to interfere with like a crime scene. Pretty sure stuff has to happen before you're able to do that. But he insists that it be done. His judgment's a little off right now. And so they do suggest that he takes some time off. But he refuses because Eric is still out there. He says, so long as there's not a body discovered, Eric is out there. Which is our rules, too. Yeah. (laughs) And for good reason. (laughs) And Mark, like, puts out some pretty good reasoning if we didn't know that Eric was still alive, that Eric's been gone for, you know, five or six months and Carrie was gone for four days and she turns up dead. Yeah. And it's like, what are the odds that Eric is alive? Mm-hmm. But yet. And yet. But also, I feel like if I were Rig, I mean, I know what I know because I watched the movie, but they've been able to find like all these bodies. I feel like mm. it's always a show of these bodies being found. That's true. And so with Eric being one of the targets, I don't think they would have made it just kind of like a, okay, you're dead, goodbye, put you in a, you know, hole somewhere. They would want to make a show of it. Yeah, especially him being like so attached to the case at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, also, by the way, Carrie gets first name. Finally. After four films. Oh, I didn't catch that. Allison Carrie. Ah, oh, R.I.P. Allison Carey. Yep, R.I.P. Oh, we are we R.I.P.'d you in the last movie, so <laughs> you don't get it this time around. I mean, we've R.I.P.'d Adam a couple of times now. That's true. <laughs> That's our boy, though. <laughs> also, this is the first movie that Lee Winnell is not involved in. Yeah. Because he didn't write this one. Yeah. And he wasn't in it at all in a flashback of nope. any kind. <laughs> oh, okay. They're executive producers, him and James Wan. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So cut to now an interrogation room where we see this, first of all, beautiful blonde woman. She's stunning. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Jill Tuck, who we learn is John Kramer's ex-wife. And she was the woman that we saw in John's hallucinations and brain surgery during three. Yeah. She's being very heavily and like aggressively questioned. They're essentially asking, we were married to this serial killer. How did you not notice? What do you know? And with them having now the assumption that there is some kind of accomplice, they're hoping that she is able to tell them who it is. If it's not her herself. Yeah. They really seem to want to pin it on her. Yeah. Jill is very tired of this questioning. Oh, you can tell she's just over it. So they're interviewing or questioning, interrogating, whatever, Jill. Who's interviewing her? Hoffman. No, Strom is interviewing her. Oh, Jesus Christ. So (laughs) Agent Strom is questioning Jill and he says, all right, let's start from the beginning. To which she responds, John's life defies chronology and linear description. Oh, boy, if that ain't the whole series. (laughs) (laughs) True. I, I just wanted to make a note of that. Because I thought it was kind of funny. It is. Cut to our boy Rig, who just came home, and his wife, also beautiful, beautiful women in this movie. Mm -hmm. His wife is rightfully concerned for him. It's made clear that he has been pretty absent 
in terms of his marriage. I mean, all of his effort and time and everything is going into finding Eric. It's taking over his life and it's affecting him outside of work. So she says that she's going to help her mother with something and she asks for him to go with her. She says, please come with me. Like she desperately wants him to go with her and just get away for a little bit. But he refuses. And so she leaves and he is left alone in his house. And then he gets jigsawed. Uh-oh. So somebody attacks him. He wakes up in a bathtub. Classic. We love our heroes clean. <laughs> yeah. He leaves his room and when he opens the door and pulls a pin on the TV that starts a video. And Jigsaw says that his trials for Rig, he needs to one, let go, and two, he wants to get Rig to empathize with him. Mm -hmm. He does let Rig know that Detective Matthews is in fact still alive and that he has 90 minutes to save him. Yeah, so Eric is being hanged from a chain and he's standing on a block of ice that will slowly melt over the course of 90 minutes. And also on the other end of this, this seesaw <gasps> is Detective Mark Hoffman tied to a metal chair with like wires around him. And if Eric gets off of the block, all of the water will rush to Mark's side and electrocute him. Damn, RIP. RIP. Oh, also, I gotta point out a motif again, mm. because we get some brief flashes into Eric's imprisonment. He's literally wearing like an orange jumpsuit. He was kept in a prison by John, I guess, for several months. And at one point, he picks up a rat and he talks to it. And yeah. just kind of like pets it. It's like, yeah. oh, this little pet rat. Pet <laughs> oh, I have a pet rat. My cat. <laughs> Honestly, so sad. I mean, fuck Eric. Eric's the worst. He's done some really bad shit. But damn, if I didn't feel terrible for this man who was literally begging for death. Yeah, that's enough. You can stop. Uh-huh. He has been put through the ringer. I mean, being captive for six months where your mm -hmm. only friend is a rat. <laughs> also, before everything, he broke the shit out of his foot. Yep. And it's, you know, over the course of six months, it's going to heal. Not properly. You have his foot in the cast. That's not going to heal it enough, though. Yeah. You but know. it's better than nothing. Oh, for I sure. I gotta say, like, I only realized literally right now as you were saying that why his foot was in a cast. Oh. <laughs> I just completely forgot about all that. Bro yeah, I broke the shit out of his foot. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I guess shout out to John for being nice enough to put it in a cast. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> I felt so fucking bad for him where he yeah. was literally saying, why don't you just kill me? Yeah. This poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to Riggs' first test. He's home this entire, well, for this first bit. Yeah. Weirdly enough, Jigsaw just leaves him at home. Yeah. <laughs> he brings the trap to him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> So we get to Riggs's first trap. And so in his living room is just somebody sitting in a chair with a pig mask on. Terrifying. And so there's like nothing in this house. Every kind of sharp item, everything that could be used as a weapon essentially has been taken out of the house. It's baby proofed. <laughs> he pulls off this mask and something triggers a tape to go off. Jigsaw essentially says that Riggs sees a victim, but she's not a victim. And his test is to, you know, let her die. <laughs> yep. The test is see what I see. 
Mm -hmm. And John has very helpfully hung up a bunch of pictures around the apartment. And I believe this woman is supposed to be a pimp. It says on the wiki that she was to be arrested for prostitution. So yeah, I think she was a pimp. I thought she was like sex trafficking people. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Because like some of these girls look young. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. So then (laughs) this woman's hair starts getting twisted around a gear, just slowly like pulling her back. It's rough to watch. This, I think, was the most memorable trap in the movie for me. This is the one I saw and I'm like, oh, I remember this shit. I didn't remember this one. Really? I, did, I don't know. Maybe because I like having my hair pulled in certain contexts and not mm, this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little too kinky for me. I'm a little too vanilla for this. <laughs> Rick gets a combination off of the spinning gears. Meanwhile, this girl is getting fucking scalped, which I'm not even sure if that's how that would work. I feel like your hair would give before your scalp gave. Like just pulling like a chunk of my hair right now. How does that feel? It would hurt like a bitch, probably. Oh, yeah. Tear it all out at once. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it would like peel your scalp back so much as just like yank parts of it off. I'm thinking of It's Always Sunny when Dee's hair got stuck in the amusement park ride and it just like <laughs> yanks a braid out of her hair and so she has to get it like sewn back on or something. Ew. So I don't think it would peel her scalp off as much as she'd probably just be missing chunks of it. Right. He does try to get her out a couple different ways first. Yeah. <laughs> where he shoots at it first, which is important because people hear shots at his apartment later on. So he tries shooting at it and then he tries going into the kitchen to find a knife or scissors or something, even though I'm pretty sure he was told that everything was removed from the house. I'm not sure if he was told that. I thought they said something that made it kind of obvious that he's not going to find anything to help him with that. But I could be lying. I don't know. I know there was a note in the drawer that was like, you're wasting your time. Yeah, I thought there was something like before then. Like in the when he first wakes up, he's just like, there are no weapons in the house or some shit like that. I don't know. So he does shoot it a couple of times because, you know, guns are the answer to everything. He does eventually do what he's supposed to do to get her out of the trap and find the combination to get her out. Her face is covered in blood. She's looking hella rough. So he does go away for a second to grab a towel or something, at which point she reaches under the TV and grabs a knife. Why is that there? Ah. Ah. And she starts attacking him. They get into a little brawl and she ends up dying. Two things about that scene. He tosses her like through glass or into Mm -hmm. a mirror or something. With the coolest edit in all of Saw. It's not an edit. What? The seamless transitions between separate scenes in the film were not created using digital effects, but were done practically. For these transitions, the sets were built in such a way that two separate scenes could be filmed in one shot without interruption. That's so fucking cool. Isn't it so fucking cool? You know, I was going to make a note of it in this episode saying that they really went hard with the transitions in this movie. Mm -hmm. There were several instances where I was like, that's a really cool transition. And now seeing because I opened up the trivia right before starting recording. And so I saw that and immediately my mind was blown. I was really excited to bring it up. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling right now. David A. Armstrong went nuts with cinematography here. And yet people have the audacity to rank this so lowly. Stupid. Yeah, what the hell are they talking about? This transition's really cool because Rig tosses her through some glass or whatever, and then we immediately roll over into a scene with the detectives. So we know that this woman dies. 
Oh, her name is Brenda, by the way. Brenda, thank you. We know that Brenda died. Her name is died. Brenda Nicole. She's a very interesting person. Oh my god, of course her name's Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> we know Brenda dies, but I don't think I was able to, like, register how exactly she died. Yeah, no, I feel like there was a scene cut. Okay, it wasn't just me then, because she was pushed through that glass, and then she's just dead. And I saw a piece of glass on her neck, and I thought, oh, is it in her neck? It wasn't. It was just kind of <laughs> resting on there. Maybe it was just like the combination of blood loss from having her scalp yanked out, and then also the head trauma from being knocked through glass. I don't know. Yeah, let's say blunt force trauma, maybe. Yeah, so my note here was trap two, hair pull, skull emoji, but how? Question marks? <laughs> yeah, because she is confirmed dead somehow. Yeah, oh, she's hella dead. And so taped to her hand was a tape recorder. And so Rig is able to listen to her tape. On her tape, Jigsaw says, there will be a police officer who tries to save you. If he does, you have to kill him because he has proof in here to put you away for life. He will arrest you unless you kill him. Which, like, girl... You really gonna try to kill this man? I feel like the charge for murder is probably way worse than whatever she's doing. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what I was just about to say, because and it's like it's not like people wouldn't find his body. He's yeah. an officer. People would be looking for him. And he also has a wife who would yeah. obviously come home at some point. And also this bitch bled all over the place. So it's not <laughs> like they can't find her DNA. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This bitch is dumb. <laughs> Bad choices from Brenda. All these bitches are dumb. <laughs> the underlying FBI plot that we get is that the FBI starts thinking that Rig is the other person involved in the Jigsaw killings. <gasps> because they do find his fingerprints on one of the traps. What's funny to me is that Agent Perez immediately calls it as a frame job. Mm -hmm. And then Peter Strom is like, eh. I disagree. I think he's probably in on it. Hmm. I'm going to call it. I think he's racist. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I just, I think it's so funny, too, because, I mean, in the first movie, we had an obvious plant, too. Yeah. They couldn't have made that connection and say, oh, he's not above framing it on people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and their whole justification is that, oh, he was connected to these two cop victims, so it has to be him. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the devastation he was feeling upon finding Carrie was an act. I don't know, because maybe the reason he rushed into the crime scene is so that he could tamper with evidence a little bit by oh. like asking that her body be cut down. Interesting. Who knows? Now I'm starting to think it might be him. Hmm. <laughs> Guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so then we go to a motel because in a box in his apartment, yes, Jigsaw left two keys. One saves life, one ends a life. So he goes to this seedy ass motel. He walks by this guy at the desk and goes up to the room on the key. In that room is a box they kind of give you a seven style fake out here <laughs> because like, isn't there a picture of his wife on the box? I think so. Yeah, there's a picture of his wife on the box and there's like distinctly black hair like flowing out from the box. And there was a split second where I was like, I don't remember his wife's head being in that box. 
Mm-hmm. But was his wife's head in that box? But no, it's actually like the pig mask in there. <laughs> so the tape says that now Rig has to feel what he feels. Mm-hmm. His task at the moment is to basically kidnap the man at the front desk, Ivan. So he manages to use Ivan's dog to lure him upstairs where he can ambush him at gunpoint and get him into the room. The mask is so that he won't be seen, but he pretty much immediately discards it. Yeah. (laughs) So Rick takes the key that takes life and he gives it to Ivan and he's like, go open that door. And he does. And in there is a bed with like four leather and chain cuffs, limbs. Yeah, cuffs. And also there are a bunch of pictures hanging up of women who have been sexually abused. It's not immediately clear that they've been sexually abused, but then a TV turns on with with Ivan raping one of these women on it. Ivan says, like, that was a mistake and one that I've paid for, which we find out is basically a lie. Yeah. Because one, he did this to a lot of women, and two, his lawyer got him off. Not sexually got him off on charges. (laughs) So I wasn't able to tell if if these women were just sexually assaulted, because in like the flashes of Mm -hmm. faces we see, they looked kind of dead. I think that they're just like bruised and tied up. I don't think they're dead. Okay. Because, I mean, with their eyes open and stuff, I was like, oh, like, this is scary. I don't think so. Okay. But who knows? (laughs) Sometimes Saul will, like, give you some flashes of something and ask you to draw conclusions, but it doesn't give you enough to really draw enough conclusions. Yeah. Which, you know, in some ways is good and interesting filmmaking. In some ways is just confusing. Mm Mm-hmm. Rig is then asked to hook Ivan up to a trap. He has Ivan get into the cuffs, and he gives him two buttons, essentially. (laughs) Ivan has to blind himself in 60 seconds using these two hooks that come down into his eyes, and he Mm -hmm. has to do it one at a time, which is worse. Or the device around the bed and attached to the cuffs will physically rip him limb from limb. Nice. Which I'm not sure it can do that, but okay. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. Yeah. So Ivan blinds himself in one eye, and then he's like trying to trying to work himself up to do the second eye. Like, I can, I can do this, I can do this. And then 60 seconds elapses and his limbs just get He doesn't off. do it. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he ends up getting <laughs> Thanksgiving turkeyed. Just Aww. ripping those off. <laughs> so R.I.P. Ivan. R.I.P. Ivan. So now we get John Kramer's Joker origin story. <laughs> the seventh backstory. <laughs> where we kind of see the exact point where he kind of went off the deep end. So Jill mentions the name Gideon, which I was like, what does this mean? And so she asks Agent Strom, what do you know about the Chinese Zodiac? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, he gives, he gives like the biggest eye roll and he's like, oh, come on. It's so funny. I mean, she's really answering everything in the most dramatic roundabout way. And it's like, girl, get to the point. This is why she and John were together. Because everything they say is just like so like convoluted. Oh, my God. Imagine their wedding vows. Oh, God, we were there for seven hours. (laughs) (laughs) 
basically what happened was they founded this like rehabilitation center, right? I think it's supposed to be a methadone clinic. Mm-hmm. She, I think, founded and ran it. And she's also pregnant, heavily pregnant, like seven months along. So one day she's closing up shop. John's waiting for her in the parking lot in the car. She is just about to close up and somebody knocks on the door and it's this guy, Cecil, who is a regular, a patient there. He's also a troublemaker. Ah, Cecil. A little scam. (laughs) He was trying to start a fight earlier. He's also very funny. He has a line later on, which made me laugh. He is very funny. (laughs) And so he knocks on the door and says that he forgot his jacket and that it's just right over there. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll grab it for you. So she grabs it opens the door like just just a crack to hand it over to him and he just like pushes the door open and is able to get inside and holds a knife to her throat and says to let him in so he can grab drugs Mm -hmm. she does that he takes the keys there's a side room that she's trying to get into to hide i guess because he says don't go anywhere and so she can't just like leave which she could have just left i don't know And so she doesn't see him for a little bit and she peeks into the building and he comes through, bursts the door, pushes her against the wall and like pushes into her stomach. And so she's then bleeding and Cecil's like, oh, shit, and runs away. John sees him running away in the parking lot, clearly frantic and frazzled and very, very guilty of something. And also with this bag of drugs and John finds his wife who's bleeding and she has had a miscarriage because of Cecil pushing the door against her. Cecil initially, after he hits her with the door and she like starts crying and stuff, he initially comes back and he's like, it's okay, you don't have to cry. Like, Oh yeah, he's like, you'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> I find that such a weird little moment of like humanity from him. I think it's because, I mean, he's obviously a recovering addict. Yeah. Recovering. He's an addict. I don't know where in the recovery process he was, because, I mean, he did break into this place to get drugs. I feel like what we saw earlier on, like, he liked Jill. Yeah. Like, they got along, you know, as much as, like, a doctor and patient could. I guess she's a doctor, right? She's a nurse or something. She's something, but, like, they, they got along. I think we're supposed to assume that they had a very nice and healthy kind of patient caretaker dynamic. Mm-hmm. I do think that he genuinely cared for her in a, in a way. Yeah. And I don't think he ever intended to really hurt her, but he had to feed his addiction. And that's why I think him also being like, You're, you'll be okay, you'll be okay, is because he wanted her to be okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. And not just for selfish reasons, because, you know, it's just another bad thing that he did. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so she she's lost this baby and, you know, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to happen. But I was also just like, you know, y'all, I mean, I'm assuming they can try again unless something like really fucked her up. I don't know. So they do give a vague answer for that mm-hmm. because she says that like with the Chinese Zodiac thing, she says that their pregnancy was very deliberately planned. Yes, okay. I'm guessing around the year of the pig. Oh, wait, hang on. Because we do get to see like a Chinese New Year celebration with the year of the pig. Ah. I also did look up what years of the pigs are around I this was date. just about to do that. The two year of the pigs around here are actually 2007, the year this movie came out. 
1995. So unless this movie takes place in the future of the Saw universe, basically, if we're supposed to take 2004 as the year that Saw 1 also takes place, then it's mm-hmm. like 2005-ish right now. Mm-hmm. So the year of the pig would be two years away, which means that this happened like 10 years ago. Yeah. But she also says that pretty soon after that, he was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. So is it like 2009? Or does this take place in 1997? No, because they had a cell phone. Yeah, they did have a cell They had cell phones in 97, but not but that not kind, like that. Yeah. I'm going to say 2009. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever. But yeah, I just thought that was so wild. It's like, really, dude? Like, you're really that intent on having the birth timed in such a way that you're not going to try again? <laughs> like, you're just creating your own misery at that point. John to her in the hospital. Don't worry, we can try again in 12 years. It's like bruh my eggs will be shriveled up (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think about this until now but throughout this whole recording i've been thinking about how saw has a real theme of like absent husbands or like neglectful husbands Mm -hmm. and it just occurred to me that this movie establishes that john was a neglectful husband as well whoa he has a type (laughs) he really does yeah himself Yeah, I mean, this movie also explains why John picks on drug addicts in particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a personal grudge. So then John does his first jigsaw trap on Cecil. Oh my god, baby's first jigsaw. (laughs) You can really tell it's not very refined. We also get like a quick little moment of him like mixing his first jigsaw tape. Yeah. Which is really (laughs) funny to me. I also thought it was very funny because, I mean, the equipment he was using was real bulky. Yeah, he has like a reel-to-reel system. (laughs) It's like, how do you convert that into cassette after? (laughs) Do you think in the newer Saw movies we're going to see somebody do it on like iMovie or something? Oh man, I really hope so. (laughs) I hope that the new Jigsaw uses Windows Movie Maker. (laughs) (laughs) Or they, they do it on Facebook Live. (laughs) <laughs> on Twitch? Oh my god. Is oh. Jigsaw on Twitch? <laughs> can we get <laughs> Can we get some Fs in chat? <laughs> uh, <laughs> me me with the, the engine block trap, resident sleeper. <laughs> so his first jigsaw trap. Cecil's in a chair and I guess his hands and legs are not just tied up, but it's they're like impaled, right? Yeah. He's like pierced through the wrists. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And so the only way for him to free himself from his restraints is to apply enough pressure to this, like, I don't even know how to describe it, like, like swinging doors, but made of knives for his face. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a knife based saloon door for him. Yeah. He has to, like, push his face through. And so <laughs> he made me laugh in this scene. He's so funny because he's also so casual. Yeah, where John says something about saving his soul and he's like, I don't have a fucking soul. (laughs) (laughs) Like, God, you're so real. (laughs) Cecil's performance has to be seen to be believed, especially in this scene. He starts giving like Adam Sandler-esque deliveries. He sounds like Adam Sandler. That was one of my notes. He kind of looks like Adam Sandler, too. Oh, I don't remember his face enough, but I was like, this man sounds like Adam Sandler. (laughs) It was very funny. 
His name is Billy Otis, is the actor. Billy Otis. He has no Wikipedia page. Oh. Anyway, he was great. He gets out of the trap. He does get out of the trap. Yeah. I also gotta say, Cecil pushes and then pulls back several times. Like, I know that it hurts. Just push through. Uh Uh-huh. Why are you making yourself do this, like, seven times? I feel like that's the case with... Oh, no, I was gonna say that that was what my thought was for the eye trap with with the rapist. But yeah, he was only able to do it one at a time. Yeah. I feel like he probably could have just gone like boop, boop. Yeah, right? Unless there's like a cool down period. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I would have tried. I would try like immediately after. Anyway, but yeah, he he does go back and forth several times and it's very painful to watch. But he gets out and it's like, yay, Cecil, you did it. And then is he tripped or does he just stumble? I think he just kind of falls into it. Into like... A cage of barbed wire. (laughs) Yeah, he falls into like the prototype barbed wire trap, which means that John was already planning on killing someone else at this point. So we do see a glimpse of another trap, I'm assuming, and it's like a glass coffin with like shards of glass in it. Yeah. Do we ever see that? Have we seen that? Maybe that's for the, the flammable room. Oh, maybe. That's the only thing that with glass that I can really think of. Because I'm like, I feel like that sounds familiar, but also I could be making shit up. <laughs> eh, maybe we'll see it in a different movie. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, we saw the drills came back. Oh, yeah. The Costco drills. He got them <laughs> in bulk. <laughs> Cecil. So R.I.P. Cecil. OK, so we get to the next test for right. Wait, we can we can get into that. Please do. Oh, my God. Which I'm going to just say it. it's my favorite one. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so I guess we need to give context before that. Yeah. So we had a flashback scene of Rig and Detective Hoffman in a school, and it looks like they're interviewing a little girl and possibly her parents. And so we can suspect that there's some kind of abuse going on. When they actually start to question the little girl, we see her dad in the background do a really creepy, like, finger to the lips kind of thing. I'm like, this is terrifying. (laughs) And so the girl just says, like, I just want to go home. And they're like, "Okay, get to class because they're in school. Riggs telling Hoffman that it's so obvious that he's abusing them, but the wife is letting this happen. She's not saying anything. And so the father, like, kind of claps Rig on the shoulder and is like, ah, you know, kids, they say the darndest things. No, he says sometimes they get out of line or something out of hand. Something that feels like I am beating her, but you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And so Rig turns around and just starts wailing on this guy until Hoffman pulls him off. And then the, the guy's like, oh, like, you're oh, you're, you're going to regret this. Like, I'm going to sue him for all he's worth or whatever. Yep. And he does actually try to sue. His lawyer meets with Hoffman and Rig and Hoffman's like, well, we're doing an internal affairs review, but you should know that he actually attacked Rig first. And I have signed an affidavit in the internal affairs review saying that I'm willing to testify that in court, yep. which is lying. And honestly, it's another one of Saw's weird ACAB moments that's also kind of wrapped up in like a, ooh, but he's justified this time kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, this was so upsetting to me because I don't want to be rooting for the police, but I was like, this guy deserved to get fucking punched. Yeah. 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 Occasionally you, ha- you have to <laughs> you have to give that conceit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Just when, when this kind of 
solidarity between officers is done in a different context, then it's mm-hmm. real fucked up. But in this case, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just once. We get a flashback of the parents of the girls. I don't even know how to describe it. They're not, they're like, it's like they're crucified. <laughs> yeah, so they are like tied together and there are five spikes. I don't know how to describe them other than spikes. They're they're kind of like rebar almost. Yeah, but they, they're very clearly pointed. Yeah. Yeah. Sharpened rebar, maybe. Yeah. So the mother is pierced in several non-fatal areas, but those same spikes are driven through the father through major arteries. And so the mother, her name is Morgan. Her husband, his name is Rex. Of course um, it is. Yeah. So her test is that she has been abused by this man for years and years and years. And now she has to cut the ties that bind. He is pierced fatally and she is not. If she wants to live, she has to kill him by saving herself. And in a spot that only he can see, on like the chalkboard in this school classroom, is a note that says, your life is in her hands which is what I always call this, but I have three names for this. The the official one, which is probably save as I save. I also call it husband and wife, and I also call it your life is in her hands. I called it shish kebab. <laughs> shish kebab also works. <laughs> they do fucking get shish kebabbed. I loved this trap. We'll get more into it like at the end, but like this is one of my all-time favorites. This is a perfect saw trap. It's I'm not going to lie. It's great. It's so great. And so she is successfully able to remove most of the bars. There's still one, but her husband does die. So mm-hmm. R.I.P. Rex. He's beaten the angels now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so Rig shows up and he sees this woman clinging to life. She still has one spike driven between her and her husband. And it's because she doesn't really have enough energy or strength to pull it out. And so she asked him to pull it out for her, which was just so painful to watch. Yeah. The whole scene with her removing the spikes is incredibly painful to watch. She gives a hell of a performance. Oh I my gosh, say. she's so great. Janet Land, the fact that you were not nominated for Best Supporting Actress in 2007 is a crime against humanity. I cannot believe that Tilda Swinton in Michael Clayton won over you in Saw 4. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Academy should be ashamed. But legitimately, I love her performance where she's like, <laughs> several I times. know. I was like, ooh, I'm like, you're really selling it, girl. Yeah. That was excellent. What a great trap. Also, Jigsaw fucking victim blames her on the tape that he leaves for Rig, where he's like, you have to save as I save. Has the student learned her lesson? Has she been taught the error of her ways? She was being abused, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's seeing it more from like a you failed your daughter. Yeah. Like you were letting this happen to your daughter. I guess that's why she needed to be punished because it's. Yeah. I don't know. So Rig still has the key that saves a life. And she's like, I'm so cold. Please help me out of this. And Rig gives her his coach. He like drapes it over her and he hands her the key. And he's like, you have to do this one yourself. As he leaves, he like flips the fire alarm to, you know, call the police and the fire department to this location so that once she gets out, she can be immediately helped. Mm -hmm. 
And I gotta say, this is the moment that I always think of in Saw 4. This is like the thesis of the film, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. at least in most of the trials, where like at this point, Rick could easily just unlock this woman. He has done enough. He doesn't have to prove anything here to go to the final area, but he's still like, she needs to do this herself. I helped her with the one she physically could not do. Mm -hmm. She has to unlock herself. Yeah. But still giving the extra help of just flipping the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. I really like Saul and Nicole. <laughs> yeah. I, someone makes like a, a comment about Jigsaw trying to use his whole thing to to recruit him. And it's like, this is the point where it's like, oh, could he have gone down this path? Yeah, he is like started to see it. Yeah. It's so good. How do people not like this movie? Right? They're just fucking Philistines. They don't understand like that horror franchises can have themes that run throughout them and can have like interesting ideas that they explore. They were watching this movie with their ass. Like, there's no yeah. way. They're like, oh, I gotta go see Saw 4 tonight for my job, whatever. I'm phoning this one in. Yeah. Anyone who's gonna see this movie already knows they're gonna see it anyway. Might as well just write a whatever review about it. How am I just registering that Scott Patterson was the one who played Peter Strom? Scott Patterson from Gilmore Girls? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, how am I just realizing this? I was just on the wiki and I saw Scott Patterson. I'm like, wait a second. I know that name. And I just I wasn't able to recognize him. <laughs> just a, yeah, growly white man. Oh, there we go. Literally who he is in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> but <laughs> that's so fun. All right. Well. Luke from Gilmore Girls is the agent in this movie. There you have it. Oh, also when the FBI arrive on that scene, Agent Strom fucking victim blames her again, where he's like, she killed her husband. And it's like, she was in a jigsaw trap. Yeah. (laughs) What do you expect her to do? It was either her or him. And also he was pierced through several vital points. Yeah. So like, I mean. He was dead. He was dead. Like, the doctors who operate on John Lennon after he got shot said, like, even if he got shot in our operating room and we had a team of surgeons standing by, he probably still wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Like, that's kind of where we're at here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, because what can they do? They can't transport him to the hospital unless they, like, keep all those rods in him. Yep. And then they're going to have to be removed anyway. Yep. And it's not like it's just one vital point. It's several vital points. It's like five major arteries. Yeah. Ain't no chance that man's surviving. Oh, also, we get the first completely collateral damage kill in Saw, where the FBI is at the scene, and for some reason, one of these spikes is loaded into a crossbow. Which I guess is maybe like how Jigsaw pierced them in the first place, which like... Kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Somebody is like dusting it for fingerprints and it goes off and it shoots and kills. I have to assume it kills her because she kind of goes limp after it yeah. hits her. Like w- eyes wide open limp. Yeah. This random CSI woman who's just like standing in the wrong place gets like pierced through like the cheek up to her like kind of like the side of her head where her eye is almost. Mm-hmm. And she just dies. And it's like, hello? Who? <laughs> yeah. Why did you leave that there? 
it doesn't seem very jigsaw. That seems like pretty sloppy, actually. <laughs> it's messy. There's collateral damage. Yeah, RIP to that lady. RIP. Literally did nothing wrong. <laughs> They're exploring the school now, looking for clues and stuff. And Perez and Strom go into another classroom and they see a little, little, little Billy puppet man. Yep. Billy has actually been in every movie so far. I didn't know that. He's the real star. Yeah. They can't not have him in the movie. Like he is the yeah. face of the franchise. He is. <laughs> he's a, he's an icon. Love that man. <laughs> and he has a tape. It's addressed to Agent Perez. He says that your partner, Peter Strom, is going to kill an innocent man tonight unless you stop him. He says that her next step is critical. She starts hearing like whispering coming from the puppet and she like leans in and Billy's face blows off, sending like shrapnel into her face and neck and some kind of powder or something. I don't know if that yeah. was just a result of the explosion, but I feel like that was some kind of poison or something as well. Like anthrax or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so she is rushed off to the hospital. Like, so oof. test failed, I suppose. I, yeah, because I mean, like, what was she supposed to do? It said open the door, I think. Yeah, I think that maybe she was supposed to go with him to the next place, but she accidentally activated some kind of booby trap. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just I didn't really get that one because it's like you know, stop your partner, but also just kidding. No, you're not because I'm going to send you to the hospital with all this shrapnel. Yeah. What would opening the door have done? Would just be like her leaving, prevent her from having her face blown up. But then why was it whispering? What was the point of this? Maybe it's a different door that he means, not the one in the classroom. But again, it's like, well, what good is that if you're whispering the instructions and then you blow up in my face? Yeah, exactly. I think that Jigsaw didn't think this one out too much. Oh, this one seemed kind of messy. Uh, someone from the soft team, explain. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're kind of going into the climax now. We go into the final test as it is so labeled on the door. The FBI finds out that all of the victims from tonight were represented in court by the same lawyer, Art Blank. Art Blank was actually the guy with his mouth sewn shut in the first trap. <gasps> and so he has the sort of Zep role now, where his job is just to monitor Mark and Eric in their little, like, hangman electric chair. Uh, oh, they're both like execution method. I, I get it. I get That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> in that little game, just make sure that they... Don't fucking die before they have to. And Eric tries to just fucking kill himself at one point. And Art, like, puts him back onto the block. And he's like, don't do that, first of all. <laughs> he's like, if you do that, you're going to fucking kill him. Gesturing to Mark. And he's like, come on. Art is like, if everyone chills out, it'll all be okay. Which, haha, ice block. I, I made my own <laughs> stupid joke. As the time starts to tick down to the last minute... Art gets out this, like, box with a button on it that says release. Eric is like, what is that? And Art says, when that timer hits zero, this will release us. Like, all three of us. What was up with the gun? Because he's given a gun, but, like, I don't think I ever, I don't think I fully understood why he was given that gun. 
Oh, why why Eric was given yeah. the gun? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Absolutely no clue. I'm almost wondering if it was like another test for him, where it's just like, do you have faith that the person is going to succeed? Because we know that if the person passes their test, they will live. It's like so you can end your suffering now, or you can like hold out hope. Is what I'm thinking. Maybe I can't think of anything else really. Yeah. I mean, how it's eventually used is probably not how it was intended to be used. Yeah. Because we see from the inside of this trap that the door leading into this room is like booby trapped, where if the door opens, a mechanism will be triggered that smashes Eric's head between two ice blocks like he's Wiley Coyote. Okay. This is so sick, honestly. Yes. It's like real fucked up, but kind of awesome. I gotta say, I don't think that's how that works physics wise, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm willing to let it go after yeah. I point that out. <laughs> it kind of rules. It does. So, of course, Rig in the last like three seconds busts through the door, despite everyone being like, don't open the door. Mm-hmm. Eric takes the gun and he fires at Rig through the door. But Rig still comes in, and then Eric gets wily coyoted. Head smashed between two giant blocks of ice. Oh boy. Eps in chat. And that should kill Mark, too, because all the water will then rush to Mark. But it doesn't. <gasps> ah. Rig immediately shoots Art in, like, the shoulder. Yeah. And Art is, like, trying to explain to him. He's like, you fucking idiot. You weren't supposed to go through the door. We had literally one second left. And we would have all been free. And uh, he, they start yelling at each other. Art shoots Rig, I think at the same time that Rig shot him. Mm, what you say? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Art's like, it's all on, on the fucking tape right here. And he presses play and Rig shoots him through the head for like no reason. So the tape plays, and of course, we start up Hello Zap. <laughs> Jigsaw is like, if you're hearing this, Officer Rig, it means that you failed. You could not <gasps> let this go and let people save themselves. I don't know if there was much else to that tape besides that. Like, nah, nah, you failed, dickhead. Ha <laughs> ha. Idiot, learn nothing today. And then Mark just, like, gets up out of the chair. And Mark is actually the third person working in the Jigsaw team. Oh my god! What? I gotta tell you, the first time I saw this movie, this twist made no sense to me. Yeah. But watching it now, it's so incredibly telegraphed at the beginning, because Mark at the beginning of this movie acts like such a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he does! (laughs) He really, really does. I remembered him being the third guy, and so it was really funny hearing him be like, oh, there's a third person. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> he just acts like a little too helpful, but also not helpful at the same time to the FBI. He's a little aggressive to them. He's trying to, like, really lead them off of the third person idea. Mm-hmm. Also, at one point, he has, like, this stuffed animal and he's talking to the FBI agents and Perez is like, boy or girl and he's like oh little girl and she's like oh i didn't know you were married and he's like i'm not it's it's a short story anyway i gotta go yeah and i'm like 90 percent sure oh because the other twist that we find out is that saw three and saw four happen at the same time oh my god because peter strom tracks down the building where everyone is and uh walks in after the end of saw three and just kills jeff 
So fucking R.I.P. to Jeff. Damn, R.I.P. Jeff. So what I'm pretty sure that is, I think that Jeff's daughter at the end of that movie was holding a stuffed animal. I think that is the stuffed animal. I can't be bothered to go back and watch for it, but I'm pretty sure. I might check it out before we record next time. But oh, interesting. And in that same scene, one of the officers says to Mark, like, Detective, we have another doctor who's gone missing from the hospital, which I think what you are supposed to think before you know the twist is that it's another doctor. Like, we know that Lynn was already kidnapped in the last movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And that this now is another doctor. But really, I think what they're saying is that Dr. Gordon was the first doctor who was kidnapped. And Lynn is now another doctor who is kidnapped from the hospital. Yes. Also now, officially, Saw 3 has like 100% mortality rate. Yeah, (laughs) we did it. Except for Jeff's daughter. (laughs) We did it. Congratulations. (laughs) That's basically the movie. Yeah, Hoffman locks Strom into the operating room. Oh, yeah. He does that, and he gives Rig the old game over. I know he shuts the door on Rig and says game over. Wait. Okay, because then, like, I don't Is this addressed in a, late, in a later movie? Because John's body was in there. So how did they recover the body for the autopsy? I think this is addressed in a later movie. Oh, yeah, and we end with the autopsy, because it turns out the autopsy at the very beginning happens at the very end of the timeline here. What? And the tape from John's stomach says, like, Hello, Officer Hoffman. If you're listening to this, it means that you're the last man standing. Which, at the beginning, doesn't really mean much. But at the end, it's like you are the last jigsaw standing. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, John's also talking about, you know, how there's someone out there that carry on his legacy. Yeah. And, like, succeed where the others have failed. And you initially think, like... You should succeed in the policing department where every other officer has failed. But no, it's you need to fit to succeed where like Amanda has failed mm-hmm. and be the new jigsaw. I also gotta say, I'm gonna give a future movie spoiler. I think Mark is a terrible jigsaw. Aww. I think he's god awful. I think that he has two big ideas. Ooh, okay, well, I'm excited to see. Yep. So that's. The movie. That is Saw the Fourth. Yeah, that is a dense-ass movie and a dense-ass recap here. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you this is the densest that Saw gets from one to seven. Oh. <laughs> because Saw 5 is half traps, half filling in plot to make this twist make sense. Mm-hmm. Six is basically its own little beast. Yeah. And then seven is kind of, again, half traps, half lore, maybe? I'm half remembering, mm-hmm. but this is like the most like weaving in and out that we get. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame in some regards. <laughs> oh, also, please know that even though now we are at the end of the timeline here and John Kramer is officially dead, John Kramer will still appear in every movie except for Spiral. Ah, They fucking jam him in at least one scene in every movie. So you got any fun facts, Nicole? Let's see some more fun facts. The dog in Ivan's scene is Darren Lynn Bowsman's dog. Aw, yeah. that dog was cute. It was a cute dog. <laughs> Pretty well trained, too. I have to assume it's not normally a movie dog if it's his personal dog. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so at one point in the movie, Cecil steals from the year of the pig festival. Mm-hmm. 
And there's actually a deleted scene in which John places that same figurine on Gideon's tombstone. Ah. Oh, here's a fun fact, actually. Something we kind of skimmed over is that Gideon, the name that John and Jill were going to name their son, is actually the name of the abandoned meatpacking plant that John works out of. Oh, because it was the building he designed. Yeah. His first building that he designed. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be low-income housing, which is interesting because Art was working with John on this, and Art was like, we got 40 families who are supposed to be moving in soon. I need you to help me, like, finish this. You are a savior to these people, but we got to finish it, John. And John is just like, never talk to me about this ever again. And it's funny because John spends, like, the rest of his life trying to improve people's lives in these terrible ways when he could have improved so many more lives by just finishing his low-income housing project. Wow. (laughs) It's just... Jesus. Oh, the thing that I was going to say is that Gideon is a name that means one who cuts down. Oh. Which is very appropriate for a meatpacking plant. Yeah. So there's this like one little tiny scene where Rig finds a picture of his wife, Tracy. And I guess it's like we kind of assume that she's been kidnapped or something. We don't really know. It doesn't really ever go anywhere. Yeah, no. Fun fact about that. Donnie Wahlberg, the actor who plays Eric, was originally not going to come back for this movie because he had some like scheduling conflicts and then something changed with filming. So he was able to come back as Eric. And so what they were going to do, because they thought he wasn't going to come back, was they were, they were going to put Tracy in the ice block trap. Oh, yeah. Okay. But then since Donnie could come back, she was written out. He was written back in. That makes sense. So essentially, it still works in the story because it just kind of makes it seem like bait instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I might have kidnapped your wife. Ooh. Let's read the traps, Nicole. Yes, okay. So, the traps that we have in this movie. We have the engine block battle, tug of war, hair pull, see what I see, eye piercing and limb tugging, uh, feel what I feel, Cecil's face knife thing, save as I save, the husband and wife shish kebab trap. I, I guess we get another booby trap with the Billy exploding one. The one with Perez? Yeah. Calling that one face off. I have Billy Boom. Billy Boom. Ah, oh, also good. <laughs> and then we have the the seesaw with Eric Art and Mark. Okay. Let's talk about him in order. I mean, we kind of went over the engine block trap. Do you have anything else to say on it? Nah. <laughs> I think this is so weak for a film that's so good and has such good traps. They opened with the worst trap. I feel like it had potential, mm-hmm. but it just... I don't know. I think they were both very stupid. Yeah, it goes nowhere. Nobody acts even a little rationally. Like we gave the Saw 2 characters a lot of shit for doing stupid stuff. This just feels even stupider than that. Can we agree that this gets last place? Yes. All the traps in this movie. Okay. Yep. Hair pull. Pretty weak. Yeah. I'm going to say that's like, how many traps do we have? Four or five? We have seven. Seven. Oh. I'm going to say this is like five for me. Yeah, I was going to say five, too. So are we agreeing that Billy Boom is uh, six six here? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of a nothing trap. I don't know what you were trying to do here. Please see me after class. (laughs) All right. So let's see. Now that we're on top four, I will say probably face knife. Wait, maybe Seesaw of Doom. I think Seesaw of Doom. Yeah. I, I think that it just it's kind of 
a trap, but not a trap. Yeah. It's a weird trap that requires inactivity. Yeah. It doesn't depend on anybody in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll put that F fourth too. And then after that, I will put face knife. Highly agree. It's kind of simple, but elegant in a way. Mm-hmm. And then number two would be the D limb ifier and ear, not ear piercing, eye piercing. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Wow, we are we are exactly the same rankings here. Yeah, oh my gosh. Do we want to get into detail on a few more of these here? Like the hair pulling? Yeah. I think that this trap is weird. Oh, we kind of went into this. I think it's weird. I get it. But mm-hmm. I think that it's a really weak opening for this series of traps. Yeah. Oh, it just gives me the ick. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's not the worst one. Feels <laughs> I feel kind of owns, though. The eye piercing and limb pulling. Yeah. I mean, especially just like the lead up to it where mm-hmm. Rig had to be the one to put Ivan in the trap. Yeah. Kind of fucking ruled. It really feels good. And also like this guy is a fucking bastard. Oh, yeah. It's satisfying to see his ass ripped apart. Literally ripped apart. Yep. Drawn and quartered. Well deserved. <laughs> well deserved. And then, of course, number one being shish kebab. Uh, husband Such and a wife. Good trap. It's like the perfect saw trap because one, it is not on a timer. I have really come to hate traps that are on a timer. Mm-hmm. One thing that was really nice about most of the traps in Saw 1, except for honestly my favorite trap there, Reverse Bear Trap, was that you had like a limited amount of time, but that was more based on your ability to survive than just like an arbitrary thing that will kill you in this amount of time. Yeah. But husband and wife, it's like you have to do a physical task. You have to do the thing that John did to save his own life when when he drove oh, off the cliff. I didn't even register that. Yeah. How poetic. You have to do this. It's painful, but it will save you. And you have to make the choice to kill another person who has wronged you. There is no time limit. Just do it before you die. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's so simple and clean and the way that it's making me feel tonight. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> and thinking about it, too, with the time limits, I feel like at some point, if you only have like one minute to do whatever you need to yeah. do, I feel like at that point, you're just kind of running on fight or flight. Exactly. And so if you're not given a time limit, you have to actually think about what it is you're doing. Yeah. And so I feel like it has much more of an like a mental, emotional impact that way, too, on the victim. You have to actually make a choice. Yeah. <gasps> make your choice. Yeah. It's good. I think that the writers here should be applauded for this trap design. What are we up to in Death Count now? Oh I my don't God. feel like this was a fatality heavy movie. At least at least it wasn't Saw 3. Yeah, everyone died. All right. All right. We have guy with eyes sewn shut. Yep. Does he have a name? <laughs> let me look on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, actually, let me look at the Saw Wiki. The Saw Wiki knows. Yeah, because the regular Wikipedia, garbage. Saw Wiki, Garbo. though. Trevor. Trevor. R.I.P. Trevor. Fucking Trevor. <laughs> Brenda. Ivan. Rex. That one CSI lady. Yeah, unnamed CSI lady. Jeff. Cecil. Eric. Art. And we don't get a confirmation on Rig's death. This was a lot heavier of a fatality count than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so how many was that, Nicole? 
That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people. <laughs> Actually, that's the most people so far. <laughs> so that brings it up to 29 people in four movies. Oh, we're so close to that 30. <laughs> 30, 30. Oh my God. Oh no, never mind. That's really fucked up if we were to count Gideon. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Real fucked up. I think we're only counting murders here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you could say abortion is murder. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so 29 people in four movies were now averaging about eight people a movie nice nicole do you think you would survive this saw movie all right it's kind of a broader question now okay shish kebab if i were pinned to somebody who has wronged me i could probably do it yeah i think so i feel that one's gonna be hard but i feel would be pretty satisfying yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's going to suck real hard, but it's like either that or I just stay pinned to this person. And again, I know it's through vital points that so they're going to die anyway, so I won't feel that bad, honestly. Yeah, you didn't do it. Yeah. The delimifier slash eye piercing thing. I don't uh, think so. I don't know. The, the eyes, the eye thing yeah. always gets me. This whole trap was Ooh. not for you. It no. had the eye thing. It had the sexual trauma. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm like, this is this is not for me. Thank <laughs> Hard you. Hard scene for Nicole. Yeah, it was rough. So I'm 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 getting my ass ripped apart. <laughs> I think I probably could do it if like 60 seconds. Oh man, I think I could probably work myself up to doing it like both at the same time. It would have to be at the same time as the yeah, one thing. Yeah, if you do one, then the other, you're fucked. Because yeah. like you're you're going to have to work yourself up to doing it again. You have to do it at the same time so yeah. that you don't lose your nerve. Yeah. Ooh, face knife. I don't think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like you're not really meant to survive that because you're also like pierced through the wrists. So like yeah. you're going to bleed out pretty quickly afterwards, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm surviving that. I don't think I'm surviving it. Or even if I try, though, I don't think I would try to go face first. I'd probably do like a little bit of head mm. action first. I don't yeah. think I would go right for the face. <laughs> he had enough range of motion in his neck to try something else. Yeah, try like shimmy under it a little. That's what I would do. I don't know. That or it's like, you know, instead of going for the blades, go for like the handles on the side. Like maybe mm. that'll do something. I don't know. I feel like I would fuck around for a little bit, but ultimately I would just let myself bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> Seesaw of Doom. I don't know if this is really... We can't really judge I, that yeah, one. We don't have any control there, so it's all up to Rig. I think that if we were in Rig's position, I think we would do okay. Because all you have to do is nothing. <laughs> yeah. The hair pulling one. Again, you're not really in a position to save yourself in that one, so... Do you think that you could kill him afterwards? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. He looks like he probably has, like, 40 pounds on me. That, and also it's like he just saved my life, and also, like brain say i did commit all these crimes murder would be much worse and also my blood is all over the crime scene yep. also it's an officer people are going to come looking for him and then also there's that police solidarity so that you know they're going to be coming for my ass i would testify against jigsaw in exchange for immunity for my other crimes yep i would cut some kind of deal for yeah. sure seems easy yeah billy boom no one would have survived this i would simply not go there yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she actually does survive it. Oh, that is true. Or she's fighting for her life, so we never find out. Yeah, and it said open the door. 
So I and like I was able to catch that right away, and so I'd be yeah. like, "All right, I'm out, Ben. Like I'm out of yeah. this room. Bye." <laughs> like, and it was like ticking or something. Yeah. So like you don't. My immediate thought would be, "This bitch is gonna blow up," especially because I just saw some bitch get like shot through the face with a spike. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna assume the thing is gonna blow up. Yeah. Like I'm going home. Sorry. Yeah. And then tug of war. I would survive this. <laughs> yeah. I I think we said at the at the top like. You and I both have brains. Yeah. I think we're doing okay. I think we're fine. And also, what is what is it even going to do once it pulls you in? I think it was like kind of like the sharpened gears are probably going to grind you up. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So That's the why they gears. were chained by their because they were chained by their necks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like pulling their heads in. Yeah. Whatever. Easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could have done it. That's it for traps. All right. What do you think of the twist? It still doesn't really make too much sense, but I think that. But like, you know, details come to light in later films. I think I'm going to have to rate this twist on the merit of what is shown here in this film. And I Mm -hmm. guess in in the franchise so far, I think this twist makes no sense. Yeah. It's like they've just suddenly added another guy. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he was here the whole time. Didn't you know? Yeah. This guy that you saw for like five seconds in Saw 3. That's it. That's exactly how it felt like. Uh huh. It's like, oh shit, we got renewed for another movie. Uh, this fucking guy <laughs> who was in the scene. Like, you're your main lead now. Congratulations. <laughs> That's how it felt. It felt like thrown together. And the thing is that they were signed on for Saw's four through six. Damn. Oh, so I guess this is like the first setup one. Yeah, I guess anyway, so. Whatever. <laughs> I do think that the twist that three and four happen at the same time works a lot better. I agree. I think that it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But Mark being the new Jigsaw, even though this is the plot of like the next like three or four movies, I think it's weak. Aw. Oh, well. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's still overall a great saw. Yeah. Who deserved to be here the most, Nicole? Ivan. Ivan. 100%. Piece of shit. Yep. Ivan probably followed by Rex. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Who deserved to be here the least? I'm going to go with the with the wife. Yeah. I mean, she was basically just a victim and wasn't able to stop her husband from hurting her daughter, too, which like. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a tough situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Can I give you another hot take? <gasps> Hit me with it. I think the person who second least deserved to be here was Eric. Oh, 100%. Hasn't the man suffered enough? Yes. Just kill him, please. Oh my god, the poor bastard. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And how useless were the police? Uh, Negative useful again, <laughs> because now that Hoffman's the third jigsaw, it's like, cool, like... <laughs> <laughs> Negative useful. They're never going to be useful ever again because they have somebody high up in the police. Yep. Uh, Yeah, even the FBI was pretty useless here. They immediately pegged the wrong guy. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that the FBI did was kill an innocent man. (laughs) 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 Wow. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Nice job, guys. Uh, government work, am I right? Oh, man. What did you think of Saw 4, Nicole, overall? I'm going to say that this is my second favorite Saw so far. I honestly, I'm going to bump it up to my favorite Saw. Oh, shit. I kind of feel like Saw 1 almost doesn't count in some regards, you know? I I was going to say, where like, I understand you putting this first because Saw 1 is kind of its own thing. Yeah, it's like early installment weirdness. Yeah. Where, like, it was its own film, 
And then the rest of the series is its own thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's kind of spun off of the first movie because mm-hmm. what characters keep going? John and Amanda. Yeah. And like, that's it. It just kind of becomes the John and Amanda show for a bit. Yeah. I think that Saw is its own beast that I love, but Saw 4 is the best one overall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I respect that. If we don't count Saw, because it really is its own standalone thing, mm-hmm. then yeah, for sure, Saw 4, favorite so far. Yeah. So right now I'm 1432. I think I'm 4132. Okay. So just reverse the top two. Yeah. You know, good movie. Glad we watched this one. Are you excited for Saw 5? Hell yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Especially now that I'm like more able to tell apart Hoffman and Strom. I'm like, all right, I can follow this. In the opening of Saw 5, they'll very quickly uh, put a big differentiator on the two of them. Oh, he gets frosted tips. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's actually his trap. He has to escape before his tips are completely frosted. No! (laughs) I think that's it. Nicole, where can people find you outside of this basement? Oh my god, outside of this basement, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sexy Pagliacci. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, the sad clown. And where can the people find you outside of this basement? You can find me at Punk Dyke on Twitter, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. I promise that I won't add an additional person who has secretly been running that Twitter the whole time. Uh, trust me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And you can find the show at We See Saw on Twitter. And if you want to send us an email, you can email us at playingontheseesaw at gmail.com. All one word. Let us know your thoughts on Saw 4. Why is this the best Saw sequel? Tell us who you would be attached to with Spikes uh, and how they wronged you. (laughs) (laughs) But not in so much detail. Yeah. (laughs) Please do not trauma dump into my inbox. Oh, no, wait, please. I take it back. Don't do that. Uh, instead, tell us who your tug of war partner would be so that you would definitely get out of that trap alive. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather have your eyes sewn shut or your mouth sewn shut? Yeah. <laughs> be sure to take a minute and rate the show five stars on whatever listening app you are listening on. It really helps us out. It fuels our ego. (laughs) It has no bearing on whether we make more of this show or not, but (laughs) please uh, give us five. It does have bearing on whether or not they'll make more Saw movies, though. Yeah, it's true. They actually are counting on our podcast to be able to make Saw 11. It's true. Billy the puppet told me himself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, until next time, game over. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. 15, 16, 23, 42. Andrew, Andrew, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Marn. Uh, so I'm playing through an alternate reality game, and there's a number station puzzle that we just can't solve. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I tried everything else, and I figured that the best way to solve it would be to get into its head and think like a number station. I've been saying numbers into microphones for hours. Okay, well, I, I think I have a better idea. What's that? 
you could just listen to the Argonauts podcast. Every two weeks, I could let you know the ins and outs of old Args and give you a deep dive on how they were created. Uh, do you think we could like have a nuanced discussion about game making philosophy and how cultures around games have changed as well? Yeah, and you can definitely continue to fail to solve old Args along the way. Well, it sure would be cool if that was a podcast you could find to bung with a bunch of other great shows over on the Moonshot Network. You know, it sure would. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for the invite. Uh, anyways, I'm going to get back to this, though. 23. 19. Okay. 